On today's sick podcast with Andy McNamara, I talk with ESPN Browns reporter Jake Trotter. Get you ready for Browns versus Miami Dolphins coming out of the break. And lots of fantasy football and betting talk with Rich Dotson from Dynasty Nerds. Coming up right now. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. The sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Cut back by Chubb. He's to the 10. He's still running to the 5. He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown. What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. 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 All right, everybody. Let's get right to it. Week 10. Browns out of the bye. We're waking up from it. We're shaking it off. We felt good from the Bengals game. That's great, but that's done. A lot of work still to do for the Cleveland Browns. And to talk about that, my guy from ESPN, Jake Trotter, does a tremendous job covering the Browns every single day. Jake, how are you? Hey, Andy, how are you doing? Doing good, my friend, doing good. First of all, let's get some injury updates from you because we have some players coming off of IR, designated to return and all that. What's the latest? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing from Monday was Denzel Ward and Wyatt Teller were back in practice. You know, they've been out multiple weeks. Uh, Denzel with the concussion, you know, Wyatt with the, the calf injury. Uh, I asked Kevin Stefanski on Monday, you know, what chance those guys had of playing against the Dolphins. And, and you know, he wouldn't say they definitively would play, but uh, admitted that they were trending in, in that direction. So I, I think there's a pretty good chance uh, we're going to see Wyatt and Denzel back on the field Sunday, uh, which is critical. Both guys are Pro Bowl caliber players, and you need all all your good corners on deck when you play the Miami Dolphins. Well, no doubt. Tyree Kill can make anybody miss and take it to the house. Jalen Waddell. Um, one guy a little maybe under the radar who maybe not enough people are talking about in the Browns struggles over the, I don't know, Jake, a decade or two covering tight ends. Mike Kosicki could be a little bit of a sneaky problem too. So that would be tremendous to have Denzel Ward back. And what about MJ Emerson, the rookie um, on draft? It looked like maybe a strange pick, but boy, the last couple of games, he's physical. What have been your thoughts coming into and now out of the buy about the rookie Emerson? Yeah, I think he's had a, a terrific season, you know, especially as a rookie. Uh, you know, he's, he's been a big part of their defense. He's had to play a lot of snaps, uh, you know, greedy with his, his injuries and, and illness is, is, you know, really not been a factor this year. Uh, so, and now, now you've had Denzel out, you know, for a while. So they, they've really needed him uh, to step up and he's had some rough moments. You know, I think that, you know, the, the, the Jets game, you know, kind of get sticks out, you know, got, got cooked a couple of times in that game. But uh, I think on the, on, on the whole, they're very pleased with the way that he's played and, uh, you know, gives them a physical dimension at corner that they really needed to add. So, uh, you know, he's going to have a huge test, you know, probably going to be matched up with Waddle uh, a decent amount in this game. Uh, but he, you know, I think he's a guy that they feel really good about, not only this season, but really in the long term. A guy who really popped, uh, and it was because JOK was out, was Sione Taki Taki. As we know, not an Andrew Berry draft pick. That's the John Dorsey era. But Jake, this guy stepped up big. He stepped up big, played well. Um, with JOK potentially coming back and this speedier receivers in Hill and Waddle that we mentioned, do you see more of a mix in for Taki Taki? Is he going to be rewarded by that or does it just go back to same old? Yeah, one of my big takeaways from the Cincinnati game was Taki's got to play more. And I think they yeah. they really stumbled onto something with all the injuries at inside linebacker that, you know, they could put Taki Taki there and he could, he could play at a high level. Uh, and so, you know, instead of just using him in, 
you know, your, your four, three looks, uh, he can play in the nickel set uh, alongside JOK. Uh, so I, I think he's going to play a lot in this game. I think he's going to be a big part of what they do uh, the rest of the season. And, and really, you know, it's, it's the injuries to Walker, to Phillips, uh, you know, uh, Dion being relatively new that the Taki got an opportunity. And, uh, you know, I, I think that he's been a guy that has played pretty well when he's gotten opportunities. And, and I think he's going to get a lot of those going forward. So uh, he's kind of a low key key piece for this team uh, defensively. I think the back half of the season. Yeah, he has, you're right. He has flashed over his career from time to time. And, and so hopefully he does get some of that opportunity again in conversation with Jake Trotter from ESPN and ESPN Cleveland. Great follow on Twitter at Jake underscore Trotter. Jake coming out of the bye. I want to get to the state of the offense. Last week we went over defense and special teams, but state of the offense, the running game when utilized properly and you know it's up for debate what properly is and maybe it's never enough uh but that's a plus the passing overly passing at times can be a head scratcher when it comes to coach Kevin Stefanski your look at the state of the offense for the Browns through eight games and coming out of this yeah I'm not sure that they could have played any better than they did the first half of the season uh you know Jacoby Brissett in particular I think he's met or exceeded uh you know their their expectations for what he could bring them uh, with the Deshaun Watson suspension. I mean, he's been top 10 in QBR for uh, much of the year. You know, he's had some moments in the fourth quarter where, uh, you know, maybe threw an interception or made a mistake, but I think overall he's played really, really well. And then, uh, you, you know, you factor in, you know, David and Joku. Um, we have a, uh, you know, metric at ESPN that we just introduced this year, which kind of evaluates how pass catchers perform in terms of uh, their ability to make contested catches, get open yards after the catch and, Njoku's number two in the NFL behind Travis Kelsey among tight ends. That gives you a glimpse wow. of how well he has played this year. And so getting him back would obviously be huge. Uh, Amari Cooper has been a legitimate number one receiver for them. Um, you know, that was a, a, a great coup this offseason, getting him for a fifth round pick. Uh, you know, he's been really good, brought some professionalism to the offense and a lot of playmaking as well. And then, you know, you have arguably the best running game in the NFL with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that offensive line. Um, the reason it never feels like they run the ball enough is, is because they're so effective when they actually do run the ball. And I don't know that anybody has really stopped uh, the Browns running game this year when they've committed to it. So, uh, you know, you, you, you see this offense that, um, you know, has, has been top 10 in efficiency. There's no reason to believe it won't be uh, going forward, uh, you know, especially when they, they get Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Um, I think right now Nick Chubb is a case for offensive player of the year. He's been that good. Uh, you know, leads the NFL with 10 touchdowns. I think he's averaging, you know, well over, you know, five and a half yards per carry uh, has been dominant. And so they they have been really, really good offensively this season. Yeah, statistically, the yards per carry, they show it on the uh, the graphic on TV every week, Jay, better than Jim Brown through his yeah. career so far. Like, that's a crazy thing to say, but it's true. Okay, Jake, I know you're tight on time. Before you go early pick, we won't necessarily hold you to it because injuries and all that, but Three and a half point underdogs are the Browns playing the Miami Dolphins, according to the DraftKings Sportsbook. What's your gut feeling telling you right now? How did the Browns come out of this bye week and play Miami? I think they've got an excellent chance to win. I mean, it, it does feel like they match up with this type of team better. You know, the finesse speed offenses better than they do the power, you know, smash mouth offenses, which they've really struggled with this year. Uh, saw what they did against Cincinnati. Yeah, they didn't have Jamar Chase, but. Uh, as we saw last week in, in, in the Bengals game against Carolina, you know, still very explosive offense. So 
Uh, I think they got a terrific chance to win this game. And it really does feel like this is going to be the fork in the road game. You win this game. Uh, I think you're right back in the mix, you know, in the AFC playoff race, you're probably still on the outside looking in, but you've got a shot. You lose this game, you're three and six. Um, you know, the division title probably looks out of reach at that point. And then there's so many other teams ahead of you that you've lost to in the AFC playoff, uh, you know, race. It's going to make it really tough to, to get back in it. So it's a huge game. I, I, I think I've said that if they win this game, I could, I think they make the playoffs. If they lose this game, I don't think they make the playoffs. So uh, to me, this is a huge swing game and I think they've got a great chance. I think they match up pretty well. Love it. Jake, thank you so much. Tell people where they can find you and we'll let you get out of here. Yeah. ESPN.com. And you can find me on Twitter, assuming it still exists at the end of this uh, interview, Jake underscore Trotter. <laughs> don't mess with Elon. We love you, Elon. Don't, no, don't make us pay for the check marks. All right, Jake. Thanks so much, my man. Appreciate okay. it. Thank you, Andy. There he goes. Jake Trotter from ESPN. Tremendous. Follow all the daily news you need from the Browns. He's at practice and all that good stuff. Interesting what he said, first of all, with that Jake saying, if the Browns win this game, he feels they make the playoffs. If they lose, he feels they don't. Get into four and five. Then you still have the Buccaneers coming up. You got a tough Bills game, but you still have teams against the division. That's very interesting. What do you, the viewer, feel about that, about Jake's comments? If the Browns win, do they make the playoffs? If the Browns beat the Dolphins, are they making the postseason? It makes sense to me. I say yes, because you still have another game against Pittsburgh. Boy, it's good seeing the Steelers bad, isn't it? Ooh, that just makes me smile. Anytime I'm feeling a little down, I remember Ben Roethlisberger's tear and I'm crying after Baker Mayfield beat him. But it's also good to see them just be be not good. Just makes me happy on the inside. However, when you look at that, Ravens, you always play tough. And another game against Cincinnati. It's going to be difficult. But if you can get to four and five, and you can be around that 500 mark when Deshaun Watson comes back, and that's not even a sure thing either because he hasn't played in like 700 days, you at least got a shot. You can at least keep it interesting. And what Jake said as well about the finesse game, absolutely true. This is why this defense of the Browns, especially the linebacker court, has been built the way it has by Andrew Barry to handle speed, to have spies on Lamar Jackson types, to be able to try to contain zippy yards after the catch receivers like Tyree Kill, like Jalen Waddle. Miami can put up a lot of points. If you're the Browns, you want to be able to ground and pound it. Can Stefanski resist the attempt to try to go toe-to-toe? We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll talk more about that on Friday's show as well here on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Still to come, my under-the-wire waiver-wire pickups and my early bird best bets. Up next coming is Rich Dotson from Dynasty Nerds. All right, everybody, let's continue with some fantasy football talk and not just any fantasy football talk. We're going to also go to Cleveland, Ohio for some Browns fantasy football talk and also get you ready for the waiver wire, what to do in week 10. There's some more big hitters out on bye week. So I bring in my guy, Rich Dodson from DynastyNerds.com. Rich, welcome, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Andy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Hey, great to have you on. I love the gear. You know, you're repping the elf, right? You're ready to go on midfield pretty much. Uh, I'm ready to go. But, you know, in, in Brown season, it's 365 days a year Amen. over here. So I'm always ready. Amen, brother. That, now, I got to ask you, you're a fan of the elf. Did you like the version of the elf they have at midfield? Because you got the other one. 
Yeah, I mean, I go both ways. Uh, the original one is the one that's on midfield with the football. When I voted, I voted for the elf, the uh, the newer version of the elf. Gotcha. But uh, I mean, as long as this, as long as Brownie's involved, then I'm a happy camper. I'm I'm a big fan. You know, being a Browns fan, we've never had a logo. Um, when they did the whole like definitely like the early two thousands when they're doing that like dog's head and they had the dog. Like I was never a really big fan of that. Uh, right. I've always been a big Brownie fan my whole life. So. It's good to see that now they're finally bringing him back and incorporating him into the team, the logos on the field. So I'm very happy to see that. Now they got they got, now they the elf they got chumps. You know you got Swagger Junior. Yep. Lots mm-hmm. lots going on. Lots going. So yeah, a lot Brown, to go on as Browns fans. Yes. Yes. You know what? And and sometimes it's good to be distracted from the on field product. But hey, Rich, we went into the bye on a high. Beat the Bengals. That always feels good. Getting ready for Miami. So coming out of the bye, let's look at where the Browns are fantasy-wise. Because um, we know, and it's, you know, talking about nauseam, of the running game, the running game, the running game. And Nick Chubb leading the league in rushing. Kareem Hunt, I want to get your thought on this. Kareem Hunt, the, the Cincinnati game was great. But he hasn't been the same type of flex option, even with uh, Chubb healthy, that he has been in previous years. Yeah, I mean, up until this year, Hunt has been, you know, at times a better fantasy player than Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, both of them have been running back ones at the time they've been on the field. He's just been ju- used a little bit differently this year. It hasn't been used as much, uh, a little bit more sparingly, which, of course, then we get a little bit more Nick Chubb. You would hope that the blueprint they used against the Cincinnati Bengals would be how they're going to play the remainder of their football going forward because – that's what the Browns want to do, right? The Browns want to get up on their opponents and then run the ball, run the ball, run the ball down their opponents' throats. And you know, Cream Hunt has a big influence that as well. So you would hope that what we saw versus Cincinnati, we'll see more of that going forward. And if we do, that would go back to the previous years of Cream Hunt averaging those double-digit points per game, which is a great flex play running back two and running back one on some weeks, definitely when he finds the end zone. And that's... The concerning part to me, Rich, because we saw week one in the win over Carolina, the Browns did go back and forth and lean on the run. But then we know Stefanski gets pass happy, likes to get maybe sometimes too cute. The in-game management gets weird at times. So I don't know where the confidence level should really be for Browns fans or fantasy players that they're going to go back to that. But I think at the very least, with Nick Chubb being the league leader in rushing right now, uh, you can play him with confidence and, and not have any questions there. Yeah, I mean, those are, I mean, Browns do have a couple of players that you could plug into your lineup and not worry. I mean, before David Njoku went down, he was a tight end that you could plug in your lineup, feel really good about. Um, love to see his growth and how they're using him this year. Nick Chubb currently, even after the bye week, running, running back number five overall in fantasy football. Like you mentioned, Andy, he does lead the league in rushing. So even though he's missed a game, he's still running back number five overall. Amari Cooper going into the bye was wide receiver eight overall after the bye. He's wide receiver 12 overall in PPR league. So the Browns do have options here, and you would expect that to expand uh, overall fantasy potential as Deshaun Watson gets ready to re-enter the fold here. Even a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's a great waiver wire pickup this week. Uh, if you go back over like the last five weeks, he's consistent. he's been pretty consistent. He's seen at least four catches, 50 yards receiving, really bordering on those double-digit fantasy football points. And when Deshaun Watson comes back here, that could open up his game as well as a, a, a deep field threat. So the Browns do have options when it comes to fantasy football, and they are producing. Yeah, Rich, I'm totally with you on Dominic People-Jones. And that layer that is still 
just beneath the surface. Like the crocodile is just popping up once in a while. It's right there. Deshaun Watson's the guy I think who's going to unlock that. For Dynasty, I was saying it last year, a couple of years, this guy has star written all over him. Right now for PPR, you know, not getting the touchdowns per se, but for PPR, he's looking pretty good. Are you surprised with Amari Cooper and how good he's been fantasy-wise? Because to start the year, it was slow. And then before you know it, Rich, you turn around, the guy's got five touchdowns. He's at 553 uh, yards, and you mentioned the where he ranks. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised with how he's integrated into this team. Yeah, it's definitely been a pleasant surprise. But when it comes to Mari Cooper, I mean, you're talking about a premier route runner in the yeah. league, somebody that just knows how to get open. And when you get open, you're going to see targets. And it's all about target share. He's the number one receiver on a team that lacks a lot of depth at the receiver position. There's not a lot of targets that you got to really like go through here to find him a, a lot of targets. And targets equal fantasy football production. So you take the talent and you take the situation, and it does. It points right to the tip of a wide receiver one in fantasy football. You know, Amari Cooper has always been talented since the moment he's been drafted coming out of Alabama. You know, hit, watching his tape coming out at the time, I was like, this is one of the premier route runners I've seen on tape coming out. So to, is it a shock that all of a sudden he just goes right to Cleveland and he's an instantly wide receiver one with Jacoby Brissett? I think that could be somewhat of a surprise. But from a talent standpoint, Amari Cooper's always had the talent. He's always produced like at least wide receiver three, uh, wide receiver two numbers. So it's it's not a huge surprise. It might be more just of the situation he it the situation he's in and how well he is producing in that situation. Yeah, and boy, uh, thank you, Dallas, for what fifth round pick. Unbelievable, that was, man! It that really was great. Was. Thank you, Uncle Jerry. Absolutely. Now, another, speaking of draft pick, another young receiver, and I really like him. And he had injuries in preseason. He's coming out, you know, in and out of the line. David Bell. I just feel rich. Like this is a guy who he's kind of the younger version of possession of Jarvis Landry, reliable hands can catch and go maybe a bit more athletic. Um, this year, probably not going to be anybody unless we see some big resurgence when Deshaun Watson comes back off the waiver wire, but dynasty keeper wise is bell somebody on your radar. I mean, he's on my radar. I'm not as excited as everybody else is about David Bell coming up Purdue. Um, I think he's a very solid football player. I really do. Like you said, he's got really good hands. Um, his route running is fine. He doesn't have that top end speed. So I get the Jarvis Landry comps there. I think Jarvis Landry is a little bit better of a route runner than uh, David Bell is. Of course, he has time to grow. He is a rookie. Uh, I like David Bell as a Cleveland Brown wide receiver two, wide receiver three. But when it comes to fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football, as like outlook, I don't get overly excited. I just don't see the target share. Definitely with Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? Like Donovan Peoples-Jones has looked fantastic. We talked about him. You know, if Donovan Peoples-Jones was actually able to score touchdowns, which he does not have a touchdown in the year, his, his his wide receiver value would be tremendously higher. Amari Cooper, we mentioned. David Njoku. Nick Chubb. Like, there's only so many touches to go around. It would take – it probably would take Donovan Peoples-Jones – to leave the Browns for David Bell to have an option. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns don't continue to see how they can upgrade and revamp that wide receiver room in the future as well. And right now it does look like after signing him to the extension, David and Joku is actually the number two option yeah. in this offense, which I'm fine with as well. So for me, for David Bell, solid player. Uh, there's a reason he slipped to the third round. He, was, he, got, he got a lot of hype going into last year's college football season because he was such a premier receiver. But watching his tape, it didn't 
you know, and I, when I watch tape, I just watch it from a fantasy football outlook, right. right? Like, how does this guy translate the dynasty? What is his opportunity to score, score fantasy football points? When I watch David Bell, I just see a guy who you hope could be a wide receiver three. And okay. you know, when you're trying to win fantasy football championships, those aren't the guys you're necessarily looking for. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe a stash, maybe a bench uh, death yeah. during a bye week. In, but I, I, I feel you, not the superstar fantasy power. I'm, I'm with you there. A guy who has fantasy superstar power, potentially, Rick, Deshaun Watson. It's coming. Okay. It's, it's almost here. This is a tricky situation because I see, and I'm sure you do, off of waiver wires, depending on whatever league, you see Deshaun, what those numbers start to go up about him being added. And really, by the time he comes back, it's going to be something like 700 days since he played a regular season game. Long term, we know the talent is there. This year, in any, you know, two QB league, whatever, is there a scenario where you're like, hey, you know what? His first game, December 4 versus Houston, I'm putting Deshaun Watson in my lineup as the starting QB. Is, is that a scenario you want to be in? Uh, it depends on the format. You know, if you're playing super flex where you start two quarterbacks, absolutely, because even – even the 24th ranked quarterback in fantasy football is still a top 70 overall fantasy football scorer. So that's, that's the power of the position of the quarterbacks. They just yeah. consistently score more points than everybody else. Uh, that's why I enjoy super flex links, right? Cause you get to start more of them. So yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson, I mean, a positive here is he hasn't missed so many games cause he was injured, right? Like he's not working back from injury. He's consistently been healthy. You hope he's been working out. You can work out as much as you want. Nothing's going to really prepare you for that game time action, right? Yeah. The timing, the speed uh, that's on the field. But Deshaun Watson's just a, a winner, right? Like he's won at every aspect of football that he's ever played. Going back to high school when he was at Clemson. I mean, you got to remember he beat Alabama, went yeah. back to a championship game. The last time we saw him on an NFL field, he led the NFL in passing yards. And that was with the team that was just – okay right like that was even a good football team so he's coming in with some weapons that we just mentioned with a really strong running game and a good offensive line the best he's ever played around this will be the best team that you could argue that Deshaun Watson has ever played for so yeah I mean if it, it depends who my court quarterback is but if I you know it would have hurt to wait you know till December 11th to get Deshaun Watson in your fantasy football lineup <laughs> to see what's going on but it's like anything else it all depends on your options like what if you had Josh Allen and now he's going to miss a couple of weeks because of his elbow? You're like, you just don't know. It's just yeah, yeah. what you're always trying to put yourself in the best position to win. And if Jacoby Brissett could come in and give you virus, you know, low end quarterback one, high end quarterback two numbers, there should be absolutely no reason that Sean Watson can't do the same. Definitely yeah. with his athleticism where he can actually run with the ball on the ground. Yeah, well, that's right. That gives you that extra bit of a, a wrinkle there in conversation with Rich Dotson from DynastyNerds.com. Okay, Rich, let's get to some big picture fantasy football for week 10. We got some teams on buys. We got some big hitters, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Patriots, and the Jets. And it's still weird thinking of the Jets being with their record, but, you know, that's another conversation. When we look at waiver wire streaming, you're in trouble. Any waiver wire pickups, any under the wire waiver wire guys that are jumping out to you for this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Terrace Marshall for the mm -hmm. Panthers to get him off the waiver wire. He's somebody who I really like coming out of LSU, a big, tall receiver with some good speed to get downfield. When they traded, once they traded wide receiver Robbie Anderson away, you know, over his last couple of games, we saw his target share increase. It was slightly over 22% more targets for Terrace Marshall. Um, he, he had a line come in where he's got caught seven passes, 140 yards, a touchdown. So he's been 
uh, a, a mid-range wide receiver two and a high-end wide receiver three since Robbie Anderson's left. If you need a wide receiver this week, whether because of bye, injury, or just a really tough matchup, I really like Terrace Marshall off the waiver wire. You you know, Not for this week, but Odell Beckham is probably a good waiver wire pickup. He's supposed to be cleared per reports by Jay Glazer, and he should be signed to a team pretty clo- uh, close here. We know that Jerry Jones is recruiting him really yeah. hard. Uh, Buffalo could possibly be interested, but we know Odell Beckham is going to go to a situation where he has a chance to win another Super Bowl. So it's going to be another good offense. So it's another waiver wire pickup that you can get up at like maybe two weeks, three weeks ahead of time to put yourself in position when you do get to the playoffs. So those are a couple uh, receivers. Like we mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, yeah. is somebody I like as well. Uh, if you're looking at running backs, there's guys out there going to be in a waiver wire that catch like looking for those pass catcher running backs, guys like Rashad White for the Bucks, uh, Jarek McKinnon for the Chiefs uh, is another option out there to check. Because when you when you look for waiver wire running backs, it's going to be hard to find a guy that's going to get a lot of carries on the ground. So you're looking for those guys that come in, be the third down run, third down running back, kind of be viable in a passing game. Maybe they come away with three to four catches that game for 50 yards to give that solid eight points, maybe find the end zone. So those are the guys that I'm looking for. Rich, I, I got to ask you, do you think with Terrace Marshall that our, our old friend, Baker, Baker Mayfield, does he think it, it could be Baker, it could be Sam. Is Baker the quarterback to make Terrace Marshall? Figures he came I, in uh, and, and, and blew up in soft coverage, granted, but against the Bengals, right? It's it's always against the Bengals. But they, that's my only concern with the quarterback situation. But you're right. There's not a lot of options, and they're distributing the ball. So um, is, there, is there a world where our old pal Baker – and for the value of my signed rookie card, I sure hope so. Uh, that, that old bake show gets some trackers. He just, you know, is he destined for uh, another couple of years floating around as a backup? And then, you know, he'll be an analyst for Oklahoma or something. That That's so tough for me, man, because I was such a big baker, bro. Like, I, I thought for sure. And it was even before he got drafted by the Browns, right? Like, just watching his tape and see his accuracy and how he came out. in that Thursday night game versus Jets was like everything I saw on tape. And just he just got broken yeah he just got broken and he's broken you know i thought last week andy when he came in because pj walker was looking so bad and he comes in he has those two touchdown drives i thought for sure that baker mayfield would be starting tomorrow night on thursday night or thursday night football as a starter they already announced pj walker as a starter which is kind of odd to me as well so yeah man it's it's just so hard for these quarterbacks when you go from one team as a you know, you failed at one team, then you go to another team and you're getting benched for PJ Walker. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. But right now, I will say this, Andy. The you know, when you see all these stats in the NFL, like all the all the scoring's down, all these numbers are down, it's because the quarterback play is down pretty bad right now. So yeah, if there's if there's ever an opportunity after the season for Baker Mayfield to collect himself, regroup again and try and find an opportunity to go start, it will be this offseason. Because there is a lot of teams that can use a quarterback, right? Depending on their record, how it goes for the draft. I mean, look at the quarterback landscape right now. Who's starting throughout the league? When you're talking about P.J. Walker, Heineke's, Ellinger's, Andy Dalton's, Geno Smith, who looks fantastic. But, you know, and and Tom Brady's probably going to retire. Matt Ryan's probably going to retire. Like Aaron Rodgers stinks. Aaron Rodgers stinks. It it is such a wide open landscape for Baker Baker Mayfield to find another opportunity. And and I really hope he does because I really do love the player. 
But right now, the only thing I can come up with, because I have no idea what's going on with him, is he's just absolutely broken mentally yeah. Um, yeah. when it comes to a football standpoint. Because coming out of college, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks you've ever seen. Um, he really had that moxie and the tenacity to go out there and win football games. And somewhere along the line, he lost that, and it, it showed on the field. I mean, he's battling with Sam Darnolds and P.J. Walkers. I mean, who would have thought – you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, when Baker Mayfield beat the Pittsburgh Steelers to give the Browns their first playoff victory in uh, pretty much almost my lifetime going back to the 80s, that here we'd be today, that he wouldn't be on the Browns, that he's fighting for a spot with P.J. Walker. I mean, things turned that quickly. So he's still young enough to turn it around, and we've seen – I mean, look at Geno Smith. Look at Geno. I mean, look at Geno. So, I mean, it's, I mean, that's probably a great example right there. You know, a Ryan Fitzpatrick that turn, came, some, comes out later in his career – so Geno Smith can turn it around, the former first-round pick. I absolutely do think Baker can. He's just got to find the right system, the right coach that works for him, right? Yeah, like, yeah. they're like Believe he goes to Carolina as a plug. Yeah, exactly. Like, he goes to Carolina, they just plug him in. He needs to go to the offense. It's going to be exactly tailored around his strength, right? The play action, uh, roll him outside the, the pocket that, that goes for Baker Mayfield's strengths. And until he finds that, yeah, and he might just be a backup for the rest of career or an Oklahoma analyst. Lincoln Riley needs an NFL job. Then Baker's fine. They <laughs> get Lincoln Riley in. I have so much Baker stuff. I don't know what to do with it. But yeah, you know, Robert, too, I, I couldn't believe I saw today that Geno Smith is the most accurate completion percentage, the most accurate starting quarterback in the NFL. What a time to be alive. Can you believe it? 73.1%. <laughs> It really, I mean, it really is mind blowing that, you know, out of nowhere. But again, it, it goes back to showing the landscape, right? Like, of, like the quarterback situation. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, kudos to Geno Smith, but like, yeah, I mean, some of his competition is just not like that hard to compete with. I mean, even, these last couple of quarterback classes have been like not good whatsoever. Yeah. Justin Fields is just now starting to come on. Trevor Lawrence was the next Andrew Luck, right? The next can't miss prospect, sure but thing. he's not, he's not playing tremendous as well. So yeah, guys like Geno Smith are just rising to the top. Boy, unbelievable. All right, Rich. Hey, tell people you, you do such great work at dinosaurs.com. You and the whole crew, uh, tell people where they can find you and all that good stuff, man. Cause you do such great work. I appreciate it. And yeah, if you check out the Dynasty Nerds podcast, we actually record tonight, comes out every single Wednesday. We kind of break down, you know, what's going on in the NFL from a dynasty fantasy football aspect. You can check that you can check out dynastynerds.com where if you're interested in getting into dynasty, we have all the information that you need to get into and play the greatest form of fantasy football in the world, where it's like 365 days a year, right? Like you play fantasy nonstop. There's no going back once you do that. And then of course, if you want to talk uh Browns football. Fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football. I'm on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. Well, Rich, we always love it. Let's have you back in real soon, brother. Thank you. Look forward to it. Thanks, Andy. All right. There he is, Rich Johnson on Twitter, as he said, at Dynasty Rich. Okay, I got a few more waiver wire pickups for you, as well as my early bird best bets coming up for NFL Week 10. Uh, this is, like I said, a tough week with the Bengals, Ravens, Patriots, and Jets on by. Tight end is a wasteland, as always. We know this. A wasteland. David Njoku, not 100% coming back. Richard and I were talking about that as far as how good he's been this year. So somebody you're going to have to try to get, and he's still only rostered in 37% of most leagues from the Denver Broncos, Greg Dolchich. Greg Dolchich. And this is how dire and how terrible the fantasy landscape is for the tight end position. Okay, folks? So 
Since he started getting playing time in week six, he's hit double-digit fantasy points in each of his three games. That, that's good. But he's hitting like 12. And that type of production makes him pretty much an all-star because you are otherwise riding just the tidal wave of emotions, the ups, the downs, the roller coasters. And you face the Titans team, the Denver Broncos do, giving up the seventh most fantasy points to tight ends this year. It's as good a pickup at tight end if you need one as you're going to get. Now on quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Rich just mentioned him. Trevor Lawrence and why? We're not talking real life wise. We're talking fantasy wise. They play the Kansas City Chiefs. And what is a tradition like no other for the Jaguars? Garbage time fantasy points for their quarterbacks. The king of all of them is the recently retired Blake Bortles. Well, Trevor Lawrence can pick up the Bortles crown, pop it on his head, and say, hey, you know what? Those fantasy points might not pop up to the fourth quarter, but they're coming because the Chiefs should yeah, pretty much put the boots to the Jags. Nine and a half point favorites right now in the DraftKings Sportsbook. And for Trevor Lawrence, look, he's got that run. He ran for 53 yards last week. Okay. He's got that sneaky rushing ability and he's going to have to throw the ball. Going to have to throw the ball. Kirk and the two Joneses, Travis Etienne has been great. Hopefully they are able to incorporate him into the passing game too. But Trevor Lawrence is going to have to throw the football. So volume-based, if you're in trouble on by, Trevor Lawrence is a great pickup. And quietly, Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers, that high floor that in past years has been around sort of that 15, 16 mark, it's right around 18 fantasy points right now. And boy, he's rostered in about half, 50%, depending on your league. So he's still floating around. And if you can tell me I need a streamer, and he's going to get me 50 fantasy or 18 fantasy points. I'm taking that. Right? You're against the Chargers, right? Potential shootout, potential. And with Christian McCaffrey, we know Jimmy G loves to dink and dunk. He loves it, needs it, loves it. Christian McCaffrey's the perfect dink and dunker. Toss it, and he'll break a bunch of tackles and go. It's perfect. So Jimmy G, Trevor Lawrence for quarterback streamers, Greg Dolchich at tight end. Get to my early bird NFL picks, and these odds are from DraftKings Sportsbook. This is what this is one I love again. And I mentioned the Seahawks last week, and we talked about Geno Smith. Six and three Seahawks versus the NFC West versus the Buccaneers in Germany. So there's really not a uh, you know real true home and away. Buccaneers are the home team, but Seahawks three and two on the road. Take that for what you will, being overseas. But the money line on DraftKings Sportsbook plus one twenty for Seattle to straight up win plus 120 with their record coming off of a victory over the Arizona Cardinals last week. A 10-point road victory, by the way, over the Cardinals, who they were dogs against. So if I'm looking at that, and then you see Tampa Bay, who just eked out a 16-13 win versus the equally lethargic offense of the Rams, I'm taking that. I like that. I'm going to double dip, in fact, on the Seahawks because – uh, the point spread right now, the early bird, two and a half point spread, that pays minus 105. So plus 120 for the Seahawks who went out right, minus 105 to cover the spread. I, I think it's a, I think it's a smash play. I think it's a really good play. The other one too, Broncos at the Titans. I mentioned that a few minutes ago with the uh, Greg Dolchich pickup. Now the over-under this one is set at 38 and a half points. I don't think this is going to be a good football game to watch. That's why if you can lay a couple bucks down, might make it more interesting. Uh, the under is the way to go, people. Here's why, okay? For the Denver Broncos over their past four games, you know how many points they're averaging over the last four? You want to know? I even have it down to the decimal point. 
13.75 points. Disgusting. Terrible. Russell Wilson, that whole debacle. Nathaniel Hackett, terrible. That guy is one and done written all over him. And then you go to the Titans, and they're averaging 17.7 points per game. So while they lost a heartbreaker to the Chiefs and overall are a better football team, this, if you add up those two, goes to 31.45 points. And the over-under set at 38 and a half. I think the Titans shut down the Broncos and they can grind it out with Derrick Henry. No point to make any risk. We still don't know the health really of Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis isn't going to throw the football. We know that. We know he's not throwing it. So they're going to run it and it's going to be a low-scoring game. Under is the play between the Broncos and the Titans. Under 38 and a half points. There you go, folks. Okay. You got your picks. You got betting questions. You got fantasy football questions. Use hashtag AskAndy. And get those questions in on Twitter at AndyMCD1, at AndyMCSports. Make sure you like, share, all this. Tell your, your Browns, your fantasy, your betting friends about the show. Always appreciate that. So for the whole crew, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been watching The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. We'll see you Friday. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.